1: This is, Sex and Science Hour, with Brian Sovereign, and Dr. Stephanie Murphy. Get your freak on.
0: Just finished our Friday night masturbation-free pizza party, and we're ready to start the show. What you'll find out what that means later. <laughs> okay. You're going to have to listen to the whole show to figure out what that means. I think that it's healthier
2: means. to masturbate than have pizza, but
0: <laughs> I agree. Uh, okay, <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Uh, but we're gonna we're gonna save that little tidbit for later. We're gonna pay the tease. Don't worry, we always pay the tease. This is Sex and Science Hour. Happy Friday night. Uh, thank you for joining us today. And um if you never heard the show before stay tuned cuz you're you're going to want to find out about that pizza thing for sure. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm Stephanie, and you're Brian, right? Of course, of course, yeah. I mean, the intro says our names, but just in case you don't know us, uh, we we have this Facebook group, and you have to say who the sh- the hosts of the show are in order to join the Facebook group. Uh-huh. You'd be surprised how many people try to join it without answering the question—the very simple question that is in every intro to the show of who are we. <laughs> it makes me feel so invisible, you know. It makes me feel so ignored. <laughs> Well, when
2: they do know someone, it's usually you, so.
0: <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, feel half, about about half the time, they never say just you. They always say either just me, Stephanie, or or both of us. So yeah. That's good. That's nice. But when the spammers try to join without answering, it just makes me feel so invisible. <laughs> oh, love. <laughs> now, you might feel invisible if you are somebody whose parents arrange a marriage for you. And oh, you wow. fall in love with somebody else, but you can't marry them because your parents are telling you that you have to marry this other weirdo. Yikes. You have any experience with arranged marriage, Brian? N- no. Uh... <laughs> yeah. I mean, I I don't have firsthand experience with it. Thank goodness. But um, I used to work. One of my coworkers was a young Indian woman who came to America and her family was still in India. Mm-hmm. And they had arranged a marriage for her to some guy that they had you know broker to deal with i guess with his parents and they checked like their zodiac charts and they were really into like the astrology and they thought it was a good match because of that and there were probably other factors but meanwhile she fell in love with another indian guy who worked at the same company and yeah and she had a wedding and she said decided she was going to tell her parents well you know what f you i'm going to marry this guy that i love and she did and they they got married they had some kids they're still together this was like fifteen wow. twenty years ago.
2: You have so. betrayed Shiva. You're that's <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> Yikes.
0: I don't think it's betraying any of the gods and goddesses in Hinduism is so much as their parents', you know, wishes, right? Yeah. Their parents' earthly wishes. <laughs> but I mean I arranged marriage is a tradition that is dying out. Well, I, actually I am questioning that, that what oh, I Well, I think said. that might
2: be on the comeback. I mean
0: Right. Because if you look at TV shows like Married at First Sight, you know, this is a popular American TV show where it's an arranged marriage by experts that supposedly do these in-depth interviews with people and then they put them on TV what could go wrong? <laughs> the first time they see each other is at their own wedding, and what could go wrong with that? So, I mean, people still think that's a crazy idea in America, though. But in other parts of the world, arranged marriages are much more common. And then, unfortunately, in some places, you know, the girls are are really young, and it's not cool. Like, way too young, like 12, 10, you know, right. not cool at all. So, you yeah, know, obviously you wouldn't want to be a, a 10-year-old girl in that situation, so... Uh, that's bad, but it's, it's also bad, I think, for, you know, parents or whoever authority figures to, to, to tell somebody like who they should get married to. But the people who, who, um, defend arranged marriage they're like well it's a tradition that's worked for a long time you should really rely on the elder you can't the heart is like a wild animal you can't rely on your own heart to pick a partner because you're going to choose the wrong person you don't know what you really want in time when you're married to somebody if you're stuck with them forever you learn to love them right isn't that what they say about arranged marriage the, the defenders of it
2: yeah pretty much i think
0: and you know i mean i i think A lot of people listening to the show will have a different perspective is that, you know, we... Everybody owns themselves, right? We're like sovereign individuals. We should have the right to choose who our partner is. Or if we don't want to have a partner, right, we could choose that too. And that's the beauty of freedom and choice is the ability to make our own decisions about something as personal as who our most intimate relationship is with.
2: Yeah, but, you know, I, I have a little bit of a problem with this uh, in that I, I don't know that people, I don't think people realize that they actually don't have a problem with arranged marriage. Um, like okay. you mentioned, tell me more about. L- that. like you mentioned, married at first sight. Yeah. Uh, I think that's quaint go, and cute. OK, go down the list of, of other of, I don't know, OK Cupid, whatever, any of these dating services that have algorithmic uh, uh, components to them, mm. if not being the <laughs> central aspect of what they are uh, or even,
0: you know, eventually
2: like already. Yeah,
0: eHarmony or Match.com. Yeah. They have e- algorithms that match you with somebody you're uh, supposedly compatible with.
2: Right. And I think even Tinder has long been collecting what you are into, and now they charge for like a premium service. I don't oh, yeah, know what, and they
0: go, they they connect to Facebook, I think, too. Sure, to get your Facebook profile things.
2: Right. And I, and I don't know what the fuck the, the premium features are because I don't use Tinder, but.
0: Super uh, likes, Brian, super likes. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I don't you know, know, and, know what they are either. <laughs> I, I, I've understood
2: there are some interesting features that have to do with like uh, pre gaming where you're going to end up in the world at certain points. I've, I've heard about this. But uh, regardless, okay, so you have these algorithms and, and all this stuff. Like, I mean, this is pretty much you saying, OK, I'll have the computer choose for me.
0: Right. Instead of your parents, the, the wisdom of the elders of the tribal village elders, it's it's the wisdom of the computer, which let me tell <laughs> and you, really is that much better.
2: The way you beautifully described, even though you kind of said it in jest to how uh, people that believe in arranged marriages view it, yep. how you described that love is this wild animal. Right. It most certainly is. Okay. Yeah. And No computer can figure that shit out. Like, it, it, look, it's <laughs> just not right. going to happen. That's the
0: one thing an al- algorithm can't understand. Yeah. Not really.
2: I, I mean, I mean, you can you can try and because I think as much as these algorithms, okay, are like trying to figure out what you're into, I think they're it's it's a it's a two way street. Yeah. I think to some degree they're programming you into what you find to be acceptable by how much they they kind of you know that they put on you that they push on you the kind of people they push. on Well, right, on you.
0: just like the be- parents that say, "Well, you'll grow to love the person." Exactly. Once you're stuck with them. Forever. <laughs> exactly my point.
2: And that's the thing is you that have no I, other choice. <laughs> right. And I think I think the the thing is is that people you the average person, if you told them that oh this arranged marriage thing is gonna you know, and they would say, Oh, that's so terrible, you should have choice in love. They're doing the same thing. It's just that they think <laughs> that a computer's more palatable than your parents or something. Which I'm well, not defending parents, but for
0: fuck's sake, no. Uh, well, ahead. that that's a really interesting take on it, but I didn't even get to the reason why I brought this up, which right. was that I have this article here. <laughs> There's, you've heard of the the Pink Gang in India, which is a group of women that defend uh, wives from their abusive husbands and things like that. Three cheers, right? There's this vigilante justice. You can't rely on the cops for that, so it's the Pink Gang. Well, now they have the Love Commandos in India, and I'm I'm talking about <laughs> India because it's co- arranged marriage is common in India, right? At least in within some circles i guess sure um it's more common than other places in the world definitely in the western world and um now they have this thing called the love commandos that is helping people who are in love and want to get married against their parents wishes to be together and get married so it's literally like i've got this article here from the bbc it's fascinating we'll put it in the show notes read about it if you want but basically what they say is like they literally lovers go meet these people in like a back alley or something and they're like okay well we'll keep your parents away and we'll keep people away while you guys go get married and things like that. <laughs> so, <laughs> well this is great because we're gonna need the love commandos against the computers <laughs> yeah
2: <laughs> this Will is the last evolving? line of defense for human happiness
0: yeah, is that? Yeah, I agree with you, Brian. Is it sort of out of the frying pan into the fire? I mean, it is good that we get to make our own choices about who we love and who we marry. I agree. I that's a freedom that I don't take for granted, and I'm very mm-hmm. glad we have. We the sitting in this room here. Yes. Not everybody in the world has that freedom. No, it's true. And not everybody throughout history has had that freedom. But are we just literally saying, well, you know, uh, why don't computer, you're wiser than me? Why don't you make this decision for me? <laughs> is anybody really doing that are people getting so desperate and starting to give up on their own choice making in love and thinking that they like basically not having faith that they can choose the right partner on their own
2: i think so and i think they also don't realize that it is a two-way street like that as much as they're trying to program an algorithm the algorithm
0: is programming them yeah the computer is imposing its preferences on you. Send Yikes. in the love commandos. Yes, we need them. We need some help from the love commandos here. Man, this is Texas Science Hour. This is more coming up. Oh, Brian, you make me giggle so much. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you like Brian on this show, I... I everybody knows my audiobooks, but Brian has recently been coming out with one of his own audiobooks.
2: Oh, I have. Yes, indeed. Yeah,
0: it's on your Patreon at SovereignTech.com sovryn Tech.com. Which audiobook have you been working on, Brian? The You're going to laugh the title, but it's The Occult Technology of Power. And it's, what is a brief synopsis of that book? Like five seconds? Uh, it's seconds.
2: A, it's kind of a parody to, to show who's really in charge in the world and all this stuff. I mean, it's not to be taken too seriously, but it's a fascinating uh, look into all
0: Alright, well if you want to get access to that, and I think that's a great teaser, sovereigntech.com. Now back to the show. This is Sex and Science Hour! Good thing they don't have a podcast listening, because that would not be cool cool, right? If you had to if you were forced by an algorithm to listen to certain podcasts.
2: Yeah. This, now, this. some
0: pod- podcasters would probably love that. They would love to force their content on you. Yeah. <laughs> not, not us. We're principled on that matter.
2: I think Apple tries that. Like they, they try to recommend other podcasts for you. And, oh, and stuff yeah. Like this.
0: Yeah, I think there's a lot of recommended ones. But recommendation, luckily, is not uh, enforceable. So you can tell the recommendations to go <laughs> screw if you want. That's right. Now, one thing you can't tell to go screw, unfortunately, is the diabol. If you're an ant. Is the diabolical fungus that turns ants into zombies? Have Whoa. you? This is so creepy, and it's by one of our favorite writers, George Dvorsky, over at Gizmodo. Thank you, George, for your wonderful contributions Thank you for your to service. the show. He, he, he serves us. He serves us in our audience more than he will ever know. Smirk, cat, I tell you, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, if I ever meet him, I'm going to say thanks, George, and I'm going to shake his hand. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, so. We are in the science segment now. This is an animal biology article, but it's also a fascinating... um, I don't know what you you would call it, like a network kind of... uh, Maybe even relevant to computing, uh, game theory, um, emergent properties of systems. It's... it's, Oh, I
2: definitely think it's maybe an allegory for a lot of things. Yeah. Or uh, analogous to a lot of things, sure.
0: Okay, so there's a fungus that can infect carpenter ants that live in the Brazilian rainforests. And what this fungus does is it controls the ant's behavior. And when they get infected...
2: Mind control.
0: The the ant will leave the trees where it normally lives, and it will go crawl down to the floor of the forest, which is an area that the fungus likes better, where the fungus can grow better, because right. the difference in temperatures and stuff like that. Um, and then it'll park itself on the underside of a leaf, anchor itself in place by biting down on the leaf, and then the fungus literally just eats it from the inside out, the ant. And there is... Okay, that's not the scariest part. <laughs> <laughs> the fungus is called O. unilateralis, and it's it basically acts as a puppet master. This fungus... Goes into the ant, and when the ant is crawling down from the trees, it's already been, its body has already been taken over pretty much by the fungus. The fungus is literally moving its muscles. It's infiltrating the muscle fibers throughout the ant's body.
2: <laughs> it and it's, no making the, it's
0: making the ant move. Yeah, it has no control. It's fucked at that point. Yeah. It's completely fucked. And then it's going to, you know, hide on the underside of a leaf until it can spread the fungus to more ants, I guess. Um But yeah, like, basically, at the point where the ant is marching down the tree, it's like more, like, the fungus is propagated throughout its entire body. There are more fungus cells in the ant than ant. Right. Like, the the fungus DNA is more abundant than the ant DNA. Right. It's literally just the shell of an ant kind of marching down and being, like, eaten from the inside. It really is a zombie ant. And, uh... Yeah, it's crazy how this fungus controls the behavior. It appears to, like, you know, have this mycelial network where it communicates through... I've been watching too much Star Trek Discovery, but it has this, like, (laughs) mycelial network where it... (laughs) Yeah, the spore drive (laughs) communicates throughout the ant's body, and it, like, somehow coordinates and, like, you know, knows how it's doing and its progress. It's really fucking scary. So, you shared this article, Brian. You found this gem. This gem from George. and. You said that you think this is what kombucha does to humans. Okay, was that comment how much ingest was that? And tell me more about that.
2: Like, I, I'm going to say 80 percent ingest. Okay, but, uh, I'm saying that just in case I'm right, because if I, cause if I'm if I or if I'm actually right, I'm in a lot of trouble. <laughs> okay, <laughs> you
0: don't want it to be true, right? Yeah, you, want, you,
2: you hope <laughs> because it's not true. I'm one of the people that has held off on drinking. Well, shall we say large amounts anyway of kombucha
0: and I- <laughs> kombucha is a fermented tea with uh, with with sugar added to it. it's like a fermented sweet tea. You brew tea, add sugar to it, and then it's fermented by a mixture of microorganisms. Some of them are b- lactobacilli, so b- bacteria that make like fermented pickles and kimchi and stuff like that. And then some of them are yeast. Not far off from a fungus. Um, well there's there is I fungus mean, in there. It's right. a, it's called a it's called a SCOBY. When you ferment kombucha, you need a SCOBY. And what is a SCOBY? It looks like a giant mushroom that floats on top of the kombucha as it's fermenting. But a SCOBY is an acronym that stands for symbiotic colony of bacteria and yeast.
2: Yeah, so symbiosis. Um
0: th- so <laughs> Alright, so. Ryan now, is terrified. Now, this now, you are, a- well, here's the thing.
2: You were able to explain all of that about kombucha. Okay. Because you, you know, you brew your own. But here's the thing. Yeah, I love kombucha. Everybody that starts drinking this stuff on the regular, they start making their own. Like, <laughs> I, I, I mean, it's the weirdest thing. And for fuck's sake, in New Hampshire, in our, the geographic landmass that we live within, in New Hampshire, it's illegal
0: to make it. Nobody cares. They just keep making it. This now, thing controls your mind so much that you violate the laws well, in I, order to cultivate it. Look, I break the laws
2: as often as I can, okay? Like I, I fully support this. But I or I fully support breaking the law. But what I'm saying is <laughs> Like it is weird how people like it, it. they don't just like oh that's a very nice drink. They have to start making their own. I mean like it. It <laughs> and and I am I would not be surprised. Here's my theory. I would not be surprised. I maybe I read too much Robin Cook as a as a young man. Okay, but I would not be surprised if the the scoby. Okay, the kombucha itself or the scoby is like this fungus to this ant, and it is farming humans. To spread itself.
0: <laughs> well, OK. All right. You've made your case, Brian. This is, uh, this is not a far-fetched idea. This is not the first time I've heard this idea either. Sure. So the argument is that when we cultivate certain things, humans, or we think we're cultivating them, like uh, kombucha, for example, or people say this about cannabis, too. Are we grow are we farming it or uh-huh. is it farming us man the <laughs> man. miracle plant yeah <laughs> that's right and you know i mean i i think that's actually kind of a good argument right because plants and microorganisms they they do things they some of them figure out ways to do things that's extremely hu- useful to humans and in turn humans cultivate them and make more of them and so, in a way, that's an evolutionary adaptation that's perpetuating that species, right? You know, Saccharomyces cerevisiae, which is the beer and bread yeast, brewer's yeast, is never going to go extinct because people use it to make two of the biggest um, consumed foods on the planet. And they've been doing it f- so for thousands of years.
1: Now, right, beer, I, yeah.
0: Now, I would say, I wouldn't worry about kombucha so much as, as, as beer and bread yeast,
2: well, I've cut out bread more or less, <laughs> and beer has never really been a part of my system, right? And kombucha sure as fuck isn't. <laughs> so
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm with you on the beer and bread, but not the kombucha. I really like kombucha. Now, supposedly, uh-huh. kombucha, the the real probiotic people, the real like fermenters, the hardcore fermenters. And I know because I'm in their Facebook group. Oh, oh you have a Facebook group, do you? <laughs> yes, just let connecting me on social media, let aren't me <laughs> No conspiracy there. The real hardcore wild fermenters—they don't even consider kombucha a probiotic because they say that the organisms don't make it past your stomach that you kill them off with your stomach acid. Well,
2: that's exactly what an alien they want you species to think. <laughs> taking over the fucking planet would say. I mean, come on. I saw the last couple episodes of season one of The Next Generation. I know the score. I know how this works.
0: OK, that's a fair point. Yeah. Now, people also say this about candida albicans, which is a yeast that lives in people's bodies. And that actually does control people's behavior by all accounts. There even mainstream scientists are saying now that the gut Um, microbiome. The collection of microorganisms that live in your intestines actually does influence your behavior. As far as food choices, it can influence mood, depression, happiness because of the serotonin production in the gut. The gut is a huge center of serotonin production. And serotonin is a neurotransmitter that makes you feel happy.
2: And the rogue scientists that leaked that information out Satan blessed them because, I mean, otherwise we'd never know. I don't know
0: if it was a rogue scientist. I think that was well, if we, scientists were eager to break the story about uh-huh, that. Uh-huh. But uh, trying to normalize candida albicans is this is the yeast that causes yeast infections, thrush, and stuff like that. It's a it's part of most people's community of microbes that live inside their bodies. But when it goes unchecked, um, it can cause yeast infections and bad stuff. But but people say that you can have sort of a subclinical infection with this candida, and that it can it can essentially drive you to eat sugar because the yeast loves sugar it nah. wants sugar so it it drives you to consume more sugar and then it just perpetuates the cycle where you have more and more candida candida or candida however the fuck you say it uh, i had to say it in a voiceover once and the person like wrote back to me and was like um i think it's candida i was like i was saying candida <laughs> well
2: struggle willpower we we can beat this we can, <laughs> <laughs> we can.
0: Yeah. Just don't eat sugar and starve the bastards out. But but I mean, I thought this fungus was really fascinating because to an extent, you know, this is going on with humans, too. We have parasites and microbes that can influence our behavior. So it's not that far off from something that could happen to us. (laughs) We'll be walking around like sugar zombies before you know it.
2: I think we already are.
0: Yeah. Like, I, I mean, think we sugar are is too. incredibly addictive. Yeah. I mean, and I,
2: and I, you know, I have to check myself. I mean, cheese, they say like cheese is more addictive than, than heroin. That's right. I well, mean,
0: I don't know about more addictive than heroin, but <laughs> they do say that cheese and wheat. Um, both contain proteins that, when you when you start to digest them, if you digest them partially, they make polypeptides, which is like a string of amino acids. It's like part of a protein, like a very small uh-huh. part. They make these polypeptides that bind to the the opioid, the endogenous opioid receptors. So we have these we have these opioid like chemicals that our own bodies produce, or actually maybe opioid drugs. Are more li- are like the chemicals that our bodies produce. Maybe it's the other way around, sort of. Mm-hmm. But basically, they are, you know, they modulate pain and mood and all kinds of other stuff. And, you know, if you've ever heard of metencephalon or leuencephalon or something like that, those are neurotransmitters or peptides that bind to those opioid receptors in our own bodies and are produced by our own bodies. Well, cheese and wheat partially digested the proteins make these opioid-like peptides that bind to those receptors too. And so you feel a little bit, that's why they say cheese is addictive and also wheat.
2: Uh Well, I mean, I guess the, you know, the the part where I'm feeling comfortable about it, about my relationship with cheese is I'm not like starting a dairy farm. Well, you know,
0: cheese is fermented by fungi too. Maybe that's farming you, Brian. (laughs) I gotcha. God damn it. It's all over. Uh I got a couple other articles here just quick ones. All right. Uh water has overtaken soda as America's favorite drink.
1: Jeez. The
0: average American drinks oh god. <laughs> <laughs> what? Americans drink more bottled water um since 1998 it's basically like um soda used to be the most popular drink now yeah. it's water, right? In bottles. Which is great. I yeah. mean that's that's
2: great fucking news.
0: I agree. I agree cuz soda makes you fat. Everybody knows that. And sure. yet we can't stop drinking it. It's like cigarettes. I mean, it'll slowly go away, just like smoking is going away. Um, but at the end of this article here, they're saying uh, the average American drinks 23 gallons of coffee a year or about eight ounces a day and 20.2 gallons of milk a year or about seven ounces a day. Wow. That's a lot of coffee and a lot of milk.
2: Yeah, I uh, I can say I contribute to some of that.
0: <laughs> Here's another headline. People who, this isn't the headline. This is one that I made up. (laughs) I put him on my show prep with made up headlines. It's kind of fun. (laughs) People impressed by pseudo profound quotes are dumb. That was how I summarized
2: (laughs) this article. Well, hold on. I mean, like, let's give them time. They just switched off a of soda. They're gonna get better, all right? <laughs> yeah,
0: that's right. They're, <laughs> gonna... they're they're evolving, right? Do you ever hear that that conspiracy?
2: And actually, I know you have. But but do you ever hear that conspiracy theory that like there's nanites in soda?
0: Oh yes, that, I've heard of this. That are
2: designed to assassinate anybody at any given moment.
0: Yeah. Yeah. They're in the Pepsi. Yeah. And that's... all Pepsi products and the tap water. I mean, we're all fucked if we listen to that. So I know. Might as well live it up and have maybe some the soda. kombucha can fight it off. Yeah, maybe. Know.
2: It gives you like this new immune system.
0: Yeah, all Waltz. you have to do is make a deal with the zombie overlord. <laughs> all right, <laughs> all you have to do is cultivate kombucha, okay. and then you'll be saved.
2: All right, tell me about these idiots.
0: Okay, <laughs> <laughs> scientists find link between people impressed by wise-sounding quote profound quotes and low intelligence. A new study has found that people who believe in pseudo-profound intellectual sounding quotes are less intelligent. (laughs) By Helena Horton from The Telegraph. Um, Do you ever get annoyed by people on social media who share profound quotes or use meaningless intelligent sounding sound bites in arguments? (laughs) Uh, Well, you're not alone. Apparently, there's been a paper published where some scientists showed a bunch of like basically... You know the bullshit generator? There's like the New new Age bullshit generator. And it'll say things like, this life is nothing short of an unveiling quantum leap of mythic rejuvenation. Or, we are at a crossroads of transformation and desire. What? (laughs) Right. (laughs) What? (laughs) Exactly. So the scientists took one of those random bullshit generators and showed it to people. And the people who thought it was profound were less likely to be intelligent. Most... <laughs> they were asked to differentiate, 300 test subjects were asked to rate the profundity or profundity, of these sentences on a scale of 1 to 5, and they were asked to differentiate between philosophy quotes, like actual philosophy <laughs> quotes, bullshit, and mundane sentences. Okay? So that she had two control groups. The mundane sentences, that didn't, like, have any special meaning. The actual philosophy quotes, and the New Age bullshit generator. <laughs> Most recognized the mundane as mundane, but rated the made-up quotes on similar levels of profundity to tweets posted by Deepak Chopra, (laughs) a writer. (laughs) As well as this, the researchers looked into a number of other personality traits, examining how the participants think about themselves and the world around them. The paper said those who were more receptive to the bullshit statements and who tended to rate them higher were, quote, less reflective, lower in cognitive ability— verbal and fluid intelligence, numeracy, and are more prone to ontological confusions and conspiratorial ideation. (laughs) It also said they're more likely to hold religious and paranormal beliefs and are more likely to endorse complementary and alternative medicine.
2: (laughs) Well, obviously, they'll believe anything.
0: (laughs) As they say, our findings are consistent with the idea that the tendency to rate vague, meaningless statements as profound is a legitimate psychological phenomenon that is consistently related to at least some variables of theoretical interest. Wow. (laughs) So they want to use this as an idiot test, basically. (laughs) If you think the bullshit quotes are actually profound, well, you're dumb. That's what they want to be able to say. (laughs)
2: And they're gonna know because you're gonna click like on it or heart it or whatever the hell you
0: right. do. Right. the The title of the paper was called "On the Reception and Detection of Pseudo Profound Bullshit." That was actually the title, and it used the word bullshit in the paper over 200 times. Title, That's awesome. Th- th- That's I mean, my hero. <laughs>
2: right on to, to use bullshit so much. Yeah. Uh, I think that really should be a technical term. Yeah. I mean it's it's kind of <laughs> it's kind of. I mean, the title almost sounds like something that came out of a random generator, quite frankly. But yeah, almost
0: uh, a little bit. Yeah, maybe they
2: did do that. I don't know. <laughs> I
0: don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're gonna pay this pizza tease coming right up here on Sex and Science Hour. Don't you go away. There's more coming up. Ooh. Hey, everybody. I would like to uh, invite everybody who hasn't already done so to check out my audiobooks on audible.com. I am an audiobook narrator, and if you like my voice on the show, well, you might like to hear me talk about sex for literally almost 24, more than 24 hours. (laughs) I recently narrated a book called The Good Vibrations Guide to Sex. We've already had one listener who said they bought it and they loved it. So, well, or they liked it anyway. I th- I don't want to put words in their mouth, but it was, seemed like a pretty positive review so far. So I'm just saying, you know, if you want to listen to that, you can get it on Audible. Just search for my name, Stephanie Murphy. Um, I'm also going deep into the lesbian romance genre this winter. I've had a couple of books come out, The Guardian Angel by Bridget Essex, Forget Her Not by Elle Spencer, which was up at the top of the bestseller list and lesbian romance and i've got others coming out home for the holidays by miranda mcleod beneath everything by suzy carr there's lots of stuff coming up so check it out stephanie murphy on audible now back to the show was that promoting like way too many things at once probably but, no
2: um... no please i mean you have such a body
0: <laughs> i do of work. i do have a body of work yeah That's right <laughs> i have a body too yeah i'll say all right Ooh. the pizza thing all right here's the headline Okay, I'm not even going to say anything else, just this. Serial Masturbators Rewarded for Not Jerking Off with Pizza. Whoa, what? <laughs> hold on. What, what is a masturbator? Okay, a, that was my what? version of the headline. Okay, <laughs> I was going to
2: say, serial masturbators, like what? What are they jerking off, snap, crackle, and pop, and the toucan's <laughs> him? What's the deal no, here? No, this
0: is people... They're wrapping
2: Cheerios around the... All right. This
0: is people in, in prison in Chicago, oh. in Cook County, Illinois, oh. who were branded as serial masturbators or <laughs> indecent exposers, who basically, would, they're just in prison and they got nothing else to do so they just whip out their dick right yeah. i mean wouldn't you do that if you were in prison and they would give you pizza if you do that and then stop of course everybody would right the problem was that it created a perverse incentive if you will <laughs> because people <laughs> who perverse incentive <laughs> because it was a reward okay let me just read the article here it's right. from abc news Hundreds of women employed with the Public Defender's Office in Cook County, Illinois, have filed a class action lawsuit alleging that the public defender and sheriff conspired in their refusal to stop the daily occurrence of sexual assault by detainees. The lawsuit alleges that an ordeal suffered by female employees due to the detainees' actions and a policy that rewarded alleged repeat offenders with pizza if they stopped— a step that says the suit only increase. Oh, sorry. A step that the suit says only increased the problem. A spokeswoman for the Cook County Sheriff's Office said the pizza rewards program described in the lawsuit never took place. Female public defenders and law clerks in the com- county lockup endured daily abuses from detainees, including masturbation in their presence, verbal threats laden with explicit sexual violence, exposure of detainees' genitals, and physical attacks. According to a press release by Chicago based employment firm Potter Bolaños LLC. Bolaños, I guess. Anyway, whatever. The incidents occur in holding areas in each of the courthouses in Cook County as well as the Cook County Jail, according to court documents. The lawsuit, filed Wednesday in the Northeastern District of Illinois, alleges that Cook County Public Defender Amy Campanelli and Cook County Sheriff Tom Dart refused to stop the alleged daily attacks. Campanelli and Dart are named in the lawsuit and blah, 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 in official individual capacities, court documents show. The women have been increasingly subjected to the offensive incidents for at least two years, according to the lawsuit, which claims that Campanelli and Dart have been aware of the offensive and dangerous conduct by detainees, in quotes, for that entire length of time, but have knowingly permitted it to continue." Almost all women public defenders and law. Lo- oh, fuck. This is just going on and on. Um, basically. Well, I do want to say quick. Yeah. like
2: I mean, you know, no women shouldn't be subjected to this. No, regardless definitely of line not. Of work. Um, I mean, prisons are terrible institutions in and of themselves for all involved. Uh, you know, just just to be clear on that before we crack any jokes about the matter yeah uh, certainly not wanting people to be subjected oh to i that don't doubt that
0: the prisoners are jerking off and exposing their dicks to the female any woman that walks by you yeah. know like yeah. no doubt about that um so <laughs> this okay this is just i don't know which parts to read and which not but anyway um so well, so what happened? They, okay. were, they were getting... So, they, they so said, here's okay, what happened. You can get pizzas. So and- allegedly, this is all alleged, okay? Because this okay. is all just a lawsuit at this point. But okay. allegedly, and the ABC knows about it because they read the lawsuit. Allegedly, this this person, Dart, attempted to solve the problem by requiring the detainees to wear special jumpsuits that prevented them from reaching their penises in early 2017, but the practice was discontinued after a group of detainees burned the jumpsuits using a microwave, according to the lawsuit. (laughs) Around the same time, Dart had also begun begun to handcuff detainees while they were in the courthouse lockups, which resulted in, quote, significantly decreased incidences of (laughs) masturbation and exposure, but not completely eliminated. They could still reach their dick with the handcuffs. Okay. The lawsuit states, but the practice was discontinued after Campanelli, quote, ordered it stopped immediately without ensuring another measure was in place. In May, DART added additional officers to the lockup, which also, quote, significantly decreased the incidents, but the extra officers were withdrawn a short time later due to lack of funds, according to the lawsuit. DART then instituted a program that rewarded, quote, serial masturbators with pizza if they went 30 days without a sexual assault or a masturbating incident, according to the lawsuit. So the lawsuit says that basically the the person tried to, they tried handcuffing them. They tried having extra cops. None of that worked. Oh, they tried special jumpsuits, straight jackets. None of that worked. They found ways around it. So he's like, okay, 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 guys. I'll give you pizza if you don't whip out your dicks.
2: (laughs) (laughs) All right, real quick. Like, It's not the craziest idea, because you know how many kids finally read books just because... they get to be a part of the Pizza Hut Pizza Club you know for reading books and they'll do it and they'll they'll read the worst shit in the
0: world but it's like that's okay I'll get pizza oh people do anything for pizza well including start masturbating if they weren't before because next it says since detainees oh they needed to become a serial (laughs) masturbator to be eligible for the pizza oh they wanted to be
2: in the pizza program
0: (laughs) since detainees detainees who had never exposed themselves were not eligible to receive pizza as a reward the program had a reverse effect leading to a increase in exposure incidents since detainees without prior incidents were now incentivized to commit indecent exposure and masturbation in order to qualify for a pizza reward court documents state my god wow <laughs> yes that is
2: now that's a pizza gate right there that is pizza gate that, that, that's that is, the real that shit the real right there
0: gate. oh my god wow yep that's right. So I mean, like, I don't know like, what to say. How, how does that
2: phone call go?
0: It's yeah. like, all right, yeah. Well, well, the lawsuit. I mean, the lawsuit had a way it went, I guess. <laughs> well, but I mean, like you know, do you call up
2: like the local pizza place and you say, all right, yeah, I'll take any uh, any twenty large pizzas. Could I get two uh, big sausage pizzas? And well, wait a minute. <laughs> oh, uh, I'm sorry, yeah. no, not those. Because uh, you know, the sausage is the dick. Oh. And, uh, but, <laughs> But well, like, like, so wow, that's a lot of pizzas. What are you ordering? Is this for a party?
0: Right. Not exactly. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's for all the inmates. <laughs> yeah. this is for. A lot- I mean, they did have to go a month just for one pizza, so you wouldn't think it would be that much of an incentive, what but apparently it was. It was enough of an extent. Hey, the guys who weren't eligible for pizza at all were like, "Fuck, I might as well try it," you know, because then I can get a pizza. All I have to do is do it once, wait a month without doing it, and then I'll get a pizza.
2: Power of pizza. All right. My goodness.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, anyway, we had a listener question come in. Ah. Uh, Brian, and I know you have, I know you know the answer to this question. So do I. Uh, has anyone read, have you read the book She Comes First by Ian Kerner? Do you have any thoughts or would you recommend it? Yes, yes, yes. yes. Ah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we have thoughts and yes, we would recommend it. So this book is about... Uh, it's the the subtitle is like a thinking man's guide to pleasuring a woman or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I really at first I was very skeptical, you know, when I saw the book because I was like, oh, come on. Another book written by a man about how to sexually pleasure a woman. Really? Come on. I, I really don't need a man to tell me how to pleasure a woman, you know, <laughs> yeah. or how I need to be pleasured or something like that. But, you know, a lot of guys, heterosexual guys reading it, they do need a man to tell them, you know. Sure. It helps coming from another man. Sure. To tell sadly, them, yeah. Be, yeah, because he gets it. You know, he understands what they need to hear, I guess. Um, a lot of the book is about um, oral sex, which is that's the main thrust. Very important. Yeah. Ba-dum-tsh.
2: Yeah. Uh, thrust. <laughs> Excuse me. Stop.
0: Well, I love there's a
2: term that he actually that he uses in the book a lot. Like he says men are, are ill clitorate. I think yeah. is what he calls right. it. Yeah. I think that's hilarious. That's right. And, and it, but it, it's it's kind of true. Like so, okay. So I I have uh, experience. Not saying I was in a film. I'm I'm just saying I have experience with the porn industry. Mm-hmm. And in the porn industry, they have a phrase called.
0: You could call it a family business. You you yes you could.
2: Uh, <laughs> in the in the industry, they they have this a uh, term that a director will often yell out called "open it up." OK, open it up. And what it means <laughs> when he says that is that you the camera can't tell what the guy's doing. Right. You okay. have to be
0: able to see the pussy eating with a camera right. that's behind the dude's head or whatever or the girl or whoever is eating the puss. Exactly. So you either have like the guy
2: either has to have an exceptionally long tongue like myself or Gene Simmons. OK, or <laughs> you have to get, you know, or... or I mean, the guy has to like show very bad form of how to actually eat a pussy. Right,
0: that's the biggest problem because a lot of people learn how to do sex from porn, and they see that kind of shit in porn, and they're like, "Oh, that's how you eat a pussy." And wrong, exactly. That is not how you eat a pussy. Um, (laughs) If you're doing it right, you should not be able to make a porn movie out of it. It'll look like nothing's going on, except yeah, it'll look very strange. All the action is hidden by your mouth and your tongue.
2: Exactly, because you're going to be right, right there, right in there. That's right. Yeah, and and this book does just a fantastic I mean, if that's all that it really covered and admittedly that is the bulk of what it covers, th- that's enough. You know, like like yeah. that's that's totally worthwhile.
0: Yeah. And if you have to hear it from a man with a PhD, okay, that's fine. Um I actually liked his writing style though. I thought he was a very genuine and sensitive kind of person, you know. I yeah. liked I really liked his writing style. So, yeah, and um I, I first heard of this book actually because when I got together with one of my uh former partners, Um, he read the, the book like right at the beginning of when we were getting together Mm -hmm. and he told me about it. And I, at first I was like, oh, good luck, whatever, you know, you don't need that book. Right. And, but then he read it and I was like, wow, he's like really good at eating pussy. This is a great lover. Oh my God. I'm (laughs) glad he read this book. I'm going to read this book. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah. Um, I made me a believer when I tried out the, you know, I took a ride on the, uh, in the car there <laughs> <laughs> All right. Took it for a test drive there. Yeah, what about you, Brian?
2: Uh w- as far as what Like
0: when did you read it or when did you find out about it?
2: Oh, this is some years ago. Uh and I'm
0: not even saying necessarily
2: that it's the best book. There's the book Come As You Are, which uh I that's think That's another
0: popular one that a lot of people recommend. Yeah, that that's Oral a... Sex on Women.
2: Right. That's a fantastic book. But uh but this this one's really, really solid. Uh and, and honestly, like I think I think women can enjoy it, too, or, you know, could make use of it as well, like, uh, if if they haven't.
0: Oh, absolutely. uh, Even women who are heterosexual, I think, would be, you know, it helps to to get a big picture of the strategy of what's going on right and, and it helps so that you can know what to ask for too in case you have a lover who hasn't read the book or forgets what's in the book you know that could happen yeah
2: and it has great like the the line drawings in it are nice and simple and like lo- yep. lo- lots of drawings Yeah, which that's is right. that's good for men too you know they they, they need pictures <laughs> They need pictures and pizza. That's what men need. I'm just saying, I think they do better than they do with words. No, I'm I'm kidding.
0: (laughs) All right, so we recommend the book She Comes First by Ian Kerner, stuff.sexandsciencehour.com, and stick around for the after show. Thanks for joining us today. There's more coming up. You've just heard Sex and Science Hour.
1: Game over. Play again next week. (laughs)
0: by stuff.sexandsciencehour.com. If you go there, your stuff, if you buy anything after going there, um, your stuff might be featured on our after show and we can talk about it and judge it, but don't worry, we won't know who you are. It's all anonymous. So yeah, it's play stupid games, win stupid prizes, right? Yeah. <laughs> No, it's not a stupid game. It's actually a wonderful game. I love our after show. Sometimes the after show is better than the real show, I would say. Sometimes. <laughs> Once in a while. You know, not always. But Oh, and we were just talking about this book, She Comes First by Ian Kerner. Um, somebody actually bought the audiobook through our, our link.
2: You won't get the pictures that way, but that's all yeah, right. Yeah,
0: that's true. The, you won't get Or the, the drawings, I should
2: say. Not necessarily pictures, drawings. But
0: basically. I'm glad there's an audiobook, and um, I'm I'm sure it's a good book because it's published by Harper Collins, Very respectable. Oh, it's read by the author! It's read by Ian Kerner. That's awesome. I might have to, like, pick up the audiobook, because, yeah. I love author-narrated books. I think they're really cool. Agreed. So, anyway, if you want to pick up a copy, you can also go to stuff.sexandsciencehour.com, and we thank you very much for that, because we love to talk about it on our after show. Well, what else did people get? Well, uh, another audiobook here, Dr. Sleep by Stephen King, narrated by Will Patton and uh, one more. And, oh, no, Simon and Schuster. That was the other narrator. They didn't do shit. Will did all the work. That little Schuster. That little Schuster. <laughs> um, okay. This is weird. <laughs> uh, this appears to be a label for a thermometer. And it says, for rectal use only. <laughs> 500 of these per roll and it's two (laughs) rolls per box so somebody bought a thousand labels that say for rectal use only well
2: put a label on that yeah uh,
0: put stick a label on it and uh, put it in your ass safety warning (laughs) the theory of opposites (laughs) by allison wynn (laughs) scotch What happens when you think you have it all and then suddenly it's taken away? You put a label on it. Yeah, you put a label (laughs) on it. That's right. It was in your ass the whole time. The Revolution at 10 Years by Ron Paul and Lou Rockwell. Ooh. Oh, boy. The Ron Paul Revolution at 10 Years.
2: In 10 years. How's that going? Wow.
0: Published August 19th, 2017. I didn't know Ron Paul had a new book out. Oh, Jesus. I
2: haven't read. Jeez. There was that, like, 50 questions book. That was the last book I read by him. Yeah. Back in, like, 2011 or something.
0: Mm. Oh, this is cool. Star Wars R2-D2 oven mitts. Oh, that's nice. That's really cute. They're, they're, so they're oven mitts that look like R2-D2. Twenty five bucks. Yeah. I hate Star Wars, but I even I think that's cute. Uh, <laughs>
2: I'm working on it, folks.
0: 12-cup uh, fourth burner pot. This appears to be like a... I don't know what it is. Oh, oh, oh okay. Here it is. It's, it's li- it looks like a, like a coffee thermos or something, but it's a metal pot that you put on a burner on the stove. And then it has a little basket inside that you can pull the basket out and take whatever's inside out. So for example, if you want to steam some corn on the cob or something like that, you put it in this little cup and you throw it in the basket and you can take the basket out without, taking the whole, uh, without dumping the whole thing out. It strains the water. Do you okay.
2: get it? Okay. Yep. Yep. I got it. Yep. Yep. Get on that R2.
0: <laughs> That's right. Maybe they go together. Star Wars Trilogy Posters Kitchen Towels. Three piece set. Oh my god, they bought all this. Wow. Star they have Wars Like a Star Wars stuff. kitchen. Wow.
2: That is amazing. That
0: is kind of cool, actually. You
2: be careful. Don't cook things on the dark side.
0: <laughs> good one. Thank that you. was a good one.
2: Came up with that myself. <laughs>
0: Linksys dual band Wi-Fi router with Gigabit and USB 3.0 and all that good shit. One sixty nine dollars. That's always good. App Store iTunes gift card, fifty bucks. Yeah, handy. That's nice. Yep, very nice. Samsung uh, SATA internal SSD for five hundred gigabytes for one forty nine. Those are really getting uh, more affordable, huh? That's good.
2: Yeah, no, it's a good price.
0: UEI test instruments, Phoenix Pro clamp meter and pipe clamp probe. This is the weird power tools again. Oh, okay. That's okay. That's okay. It's like, it looks like you, yeah, it could be for nipples if you want to test the voltage of your nipples. (laughs) Mine are like 500 volts. Oh, yours are electric. Yeah. They touch me and I, well, oh, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Do you remember in the 90s when people used to lick their finger and then they'd touch their nipple and they'd go,
2: Oh, I'm so excited!
0: No, they go lick, and then they go.
2: They touch their nipple.
0: Yeah, like guys used to do that. What? They would. They would lick their finger and touch their nipple, and as though it's burning off the spit on their finger. Oh, I, like it's I know so they're hot. Like, yeah, I, I get the
2: abstract I notion, and <laughs> I used to see that happen. I never like I'd see them touch their ass, not their nipple. This is. What kind of school did you go to? <laughs> uh,
0: well, we weren't at the pizza level, but we were a weird school, I guess. Um, <laughs> oh, boy. All right. Sports the- armband for iPhone 7 fingerprint unlock touch sensor. That's weird. It's on the armband, apparently. For All right. Bucks. Yep. Um, what else do we get? Klein Tools 4-in-1 Electronics Precision Screwdriver with Spin Top. Oh, that's useful. Precision. It's basically just a screwdriver but it, it you know has it has like a like a thing on the end where you can kind of twist it and if it's already locked in it it clicks instead of spinning more. Okay? You know what I'm saying? It's basically like an auto screwer. Oh. <laughs> I just made that up. I don't I know. I see. It's time. like an auto-screwer. <laughs> All right. I said that with authority, so hopefully people believe it. Yeah. Fake until you make it. <laughs> Got one of those auto-screwers over there. <laughs> we need one in the studio. Thanks. All right. Time to run men's training gym running shorts for $16. All right. And it says on the shorts, time to run. You need those, Brian, because you've been running on the treadmill, haven't you? Oh yeah,
2: every day. Ooh. Oh my gosh, Mario. we should
0: talk about our treadmill. Oh my gosh. Okay. All right. right, we'll, we'll get to it. Oh, we'll get to it. Okay. That'll be our. That'll be our item. Um, more Star Wars kitchen stuff. Star Wars. Somebody likes R two D two. Star Wars R two D two measuring cup set. So it's it's a little R two D two. Inside of his body, there is a comp- there is like a. A stack or, like, part of his body is a cup, like a measuring cup that you can use to measure out a cup. His head is a bowl that is equivalent to, like, a half cup. And then another section of his body is a quarter cup. And then (laughs) there's, like, another part, too, that's something else. And then there's a tablespoon and a teaspoon in there. Okay. Isn't that cool? That is pretty cool. I think that's adorable. I think that's actually really fucking cute because I always have a problem where... I have a couple different sets of measuring cups, and it's like, okay, I stack them inside each other like Russian dolls, but I really just feel dead inside when I do that. I'm like, that's not fun. I put it in the drawer. I'm like, well, they're just going to get fucked up anyway. Why bother stacking them? What's the (laughs) meaning of life? But if I had R2-D2, I would never ask that question. I would just be like, R2-D2 is so fucking cute, and he's going to help me bake my cookies. Yeah. That's right. Um, <laughs>
2: We already have our tickets for The Last Jedi. That's what matters. Yeah. Right. Well,
0: not that I'm looking forward to that, but I'm looking forward to going to the movies with my boyfriend. Thank you. <laughs> I parts for Asus Zenfone 2 uh screen and touch screen assembly so somebody got a new screen for oh man Zenfone. that's for happened to my 29 bucks that's awesome
2: same thing happened to my zen phone too the screen fucking went on it i mean that Did was it like, really that was Maybe like you a year could get one of these though.
0: screens and replace it yeah do you uh, still have the phone?
2: i do but uh, you, i don't need it. i'm like I, don't a, like I have it. a i have a working i have a zen phone zoom which is pretty much the zen phone too mm-hmm. so like th- there's no point to fixing it like i i, I have i have phones i has phones
0: well, this person learned their lesson because they also got I'm assuming it's the same person, got Asus ZenFone 2 screen protectors and it has a picture of a hammer ah. smashing the screen and not being able to smash it. So, good move. Yeah, that's good. Uh Yeah, my
2: screen didn't crack though. Just like it went bad. But anyway, go go ahead.
0: They also got a case for the ZenFone 2. Not I'm a bad assuming idea. this is the same person. Sure. Just a guess. 20 bucks it so for-, for 20 bucks plus the screen is tw- 30 plus the screen protector is 10 that's being on the generous side um you know for for 60 bucks you could completely replace your s- phone phone screen and protect it and look
2: i mean especially at the time when that came out which now they're they're coming out with like the Phone 5 already but at the time, and when uh, companies with their apps were, when app companies were supporting the Intel processors, which uh, this has an Intel processor in it, not your normal ARM, Qualcomm, you know, whatever uh, processor, like this was one of the best phones on the planet. It was the first phone, I think, to have four gigs of RAM. I mean, it was a real powerhouse. It's still a great phone. So yeah, I understand repairing it.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, okay, we only have a couple items left and then we'll do our items. One is the, God, what is this? It's a transformer, basically. It's an AC transformer. Oh. Yeah.
2: I thought you meant like Optimus Prime or something.
0: No, that would be way more um, obvious. I had to, like, struggle to figure out what this was (laughs) (laughs) because physics and electronics have never been my strong suit. Uh, And then somebody got a a five-speed, this is interesting, a five-speed manual transmission rebuild kit which fits Jeep models 87 to 02.
2: Do it, baby. Love it.
0: Somebody's putting in their own transmission. That's really cool. Fucking right. They got a tranny. All right. On Amazon.
2: (laughs) It is the everything store.
0: Okay. Yes, that's right. So I have a couple of items I want to talk about this week because we have a couple extra minutes. Okay. One of them, which we said will pay the tease, is our treadmill. Now, Brian, you just recently started using this. I've been using this treadmill for about... Oh, now it's approximately six months. Yeah, it's been a few months. Yeah, maybe about six months. And I love it. I just, I start my day with like just a 20, 30 minute, 40 minute walk and I go up hills or whatever. Sometimes I run on it. Um, And it's just really nice to like get me going and get me like moving in the morning, Mm -hmm. you know, because we work at home and like we could easily just not leave the house and not move or go outside all day. So yeah. walking on this treadmill is kind of a game changer for me. And it's it's especially a game changer because, like... I can just press a button and I have to start moving. <laughs> like, the, I don't need to get up any motivation. I just get on it and press the button, and that's all I have to do. <laughs> it's like even easier than starting any other type of workout.
2: And it's pretty nice. Like, it has it has speakers built into it that are very nice speakers, in fact. Mm-hmm. And you can either hook up an aux cable or it has Bluetooth. In fact, it's weird because, like, anytime I'm setting a device to detect another Bluetooth device, this Nautilus name just keeps showing up in my Bluetooth detection. It's like, what the fuck? And and I always forget, oh, it's the, you know, it's the, yeah. uh, like, like, I'm worried That's there's the some treadmill. kind of, right, that it's the treadmill. I'm worried there's some kind of funny device in the house, and I'm like, oh, shit, what is that? And it's just the treadmill.
0: <laughs> it's like somebody throws this, like, somebody, like, drives by and throws this, like, Nautilus with, like, spy stuff in it through well, our window know. or something. <laughs> yeah, I, I get worried. <laughs> yeah.
2: You have, like, uh, somebody's got a, a Bluetooth pineapple, effectively, or something
0: out there. Yeah, exactly. But, well, uh, I don't connect to the treadmill by Bluetooth. I just literally just walk on it. <laughs> yeah, and it's easy. <laughs> but- easy to plug in the aux but jack. it does have, yeah, it does have an aux jack, and you can plug your phone in, and it has speakers on the treadmill that aren't too bad, and you can listen to music or watch a TV show while you're on the treadmill. So it makes it really good. It's also got a fan, which is super nice. Oh, I keep so if forgetting you're running use that. Yeah, you just press the button, put on the fan. I have to put on the fan if I'm running, because if not, I get, like, way overheated. Yeah. <laughs> what, um, uh, what's the speed? Like, what, what, so what do you the,
2: normally run at? Like, what's your number?
0: Okay, so... For walking, I usually go at three point five miles per hour, yep, yep. and sometimes I'll do a little grade, like you know, two or three grade or whatever. I think it's percent grade. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It goes up to like twelve or fifteen percent grade, which is crazy. That's a pretty high hill, and the speed of the belt goes up to twelve miles an hour. Okay, which is really fast. That's a five minute mile. Yeah, yeah. So you know, you're you're. It's for pretty serious runners um the thing weighs a lot it weighs like 400 pounds yeah and no this, we had this quite struggle get, setting it up <laughs> but Just, now amazon says you can get um expert assembly so you can have someone set it up for you yeah right <laughs> I'd like to see them take it down the yeah the, down know. into the basement
2: but um i, know. <laughs> <laughs> I did it <laughs> but uh well we did it but um so okay but but like what what's your what what's your run speed
0: oh run speed i okay i don't run very fast i usually run six and a half miles per hour oh, okay the yeah. same i do great okay that's good okay well that's good yeah, considering I, your legs are probably longer than mine I don't yeah
2: know. i don't like to go crazy i'm i'm slow lumbering i don't like crazy speed
0: well anyway if you're interested it's the nautilus 618 treadmill that's the one we have it's a 1149 dollar price point worth every penny to me Yep. awesome stuff All right, thanks for joining us this week. I had another item, but I'll save it for next week. There we go. we're out of time. So anyway, thanks for joining us, sexandsciencehour.com. Tell your friends about the show. If you like it, maybe they would too. See you next week.